what is happening. Welcome in to Screen Snacks. First episode, debut episode pilot, as they call it in the TV world. Uh, I'm Tyler Walji, your host, along with the two trusty companions, the, what are you guys, the, the sidekicks on the show? You're the, the co-hosts? The co-anchors, the co-actors. I, I think I'll take it. Yeah, I, I, I would love a co-something on the title. I haven't been told my title yet. <laughs> yeah, so we'll figure that out. You're definitely more than extras, though. So Jared All, that's him. And then uh, Connor, Connor Holzkamp, how are you? I'm good. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? So on today's show, we're going to uh, just introduce us, let you know a little bit about ourselves. Uh, by that, we're, we're just going to tell you a little bit about our favorite movies, TV shows, and then uh, get right into it. We're going to talk about the writer strike AI getting involved. It's going to be all about artificial intelligence today. So, uh, oh. what you, do you guys like AI movies? AI like iRobot, right? Will Smith, Bicentennial Man, uh, Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Big, I guess that's AI kind that's of. That's AI. It's, it's a big it's fan a, of anything sci-fi, and that certainly nature. falls right within that category. So yeah, time travel and AI, I love it. Yeah, we're we're going to talk a little time travel as well today too. So let's start off with. Uh, well, first of all, how you guys doing? How 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 are you like right now? What are you watching on? Uh, like what what's your what's the show that you go back and you watch at night? So I'm I, I'm I'm kind of back and forth between a couple of shows that I'm really rewatching. So right now there's a show, The One Hundred, uh, Netflix show. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, kind of actually twice, does actually. <laughs> does cross into that realm as well. Uh, it's super underrated. Uh, hold show. on, hold on, Jared. What is the One Hundred? So the One Hundred is basically Earth becomes unlivable. So they go to a space station in you know orbiting earth until it becomes livable again they're running out of time so they send a hundred criminal kids juvenile criminals down to earth to see if it's livable and it's the 100 kids and then they basically encounter Mm. other civilizations down there spoiler alert it was livable (laughs) it was livable it was livable and anyways it gets weird though i'm I'm getting to the end of it and i'm remembering how weird okay so so uh yeah for sure I've, i've seen that twice I will say for as much of like a teenage heartthrob type of like a vibe you got going on there, right? It is underrated. I like that word you use. It's underrated because I always tell people to watch that show and everyone kind of watches the trailer like, oh yeah, I don't know about Mm. that. (laughs) But it's good. It's pretty good. All right. So what are you watching, Connor? Uh, Right now, I'm actually finally catching up to the uh, bandwagon here and, and watching some Succession. Wow. Barely into the second season, so okay. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's next on my list. See, so. I, I'm a little bit different than you, Tyler. I think <laughs> oh, you a little Jerry. <laughs> in that, I I don't love watching things over and over again. Like I like watching something all the way through, and then the next time I pick up and watch a single episode of that will be like when I've forgotten enough about it to where it'll it'll be relevant. So to me for again. me, I actually very much like to watch shows twice, at least twice, because you miss so much yeah, the first time. Maybe about twice. like the the writing, the directing, you see you pick up on things you you when you know what's coming, you maybe see things that we're totally setting up and it, it makes you appreciate how well it was done. And it works different for different shows, right? Watching Squid Games again is different than watching, you know, always Sunny in Philadelphia again. But I find I think comfort and watching the same thing over and over, maybe it's due to some. I maybe I need to talk to my therapist about <laughs> we, we, this. We I don't need know. to talk to a psychologist yeah, exactly. here. <laughs> pull, pull in Doctor Walgie. Exactly, but mm-hmm. but I, I like to rewatch. That's all I do. All I watch pretty much is Seinfeld, 
always sunny in Philadelphia, South Park, uh, pretty much. Like right now, it's it's Modern Family and Always Sunny, pretty much back and forth. So that's, that's good. It. See, we are, I, I do this about you. So we're like polar opposites yeah. when it comes to our TV yeah. watching habits. Yeah. So I always have the main show, though, and then the late night show, which the late night show for me is The Simpsons right now. But yeah, you got to have a the late night. I'm not ready to go to bed, but I just want to throw on something I've seen. Yeah. See, when you have kids, Jared, times, yeah. every show is a late night show. <laughs> it, it all becomes late night television for you. So, But no, I just think that... Uh, I don't know. I think that I like watching the same thing. It's comfortable. And plus, like Jared said, you find new things all the time. But I have watched some Seinfeld episodes probably 20 to 25 times. I mean, we're talking. But that's how we go to uh, 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 trivia and win. So I went to Always Sunny in Philadelphia trivia in Denver. And I actually took it so seriously that I recruited I, I flew in a couple of my buddies <laughs> some ringers some ringers from uh st louis and well i flew them in like i paid for it they yeah that didn't happen <laughs> but they came out for, for specifically for this trivia you know and uh we ended up getting second place oh yeah you know as oh, a guy who yeah. does a lot of trivia at breweries this makes so much sense why i'm always like dead last nick and i did pretty good and there's just these ringers coming in there's just ringers <laughs> every time well that may be the case because that was with us but let me say this i answered about 90 percent of the questions still like i was the one answering all of the questions but anyway so, uh, like Seinfeld, Sonny, uh, quickly favorite show and favorite movie. And then we'll move on to some actual content here. I'll start my favorite show. Like I just said, Seinfeld and then favorite movie of all time. I'm going to keep it comedy. I'm not going to go, uh, Goodfellas, which is my non-comedy favorite movie. My favorite comedy movie of all time. It's going to a little bit different. Meet the parents. That's totally my style of humor. I love Meet the parents. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, one of the best comedies. A little bit of a surprising pick for one. that one. Not, not a lot of people have that one very high on their list, yeah. I would feel like, but a, a big one for you. For me as a, as a movie, it's Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy is a movie I grew up with that's kind of Chris Farley's coming out party, a perfect uh, role for him, and he was great in it. I love that. It's a classic. I quote that on a daily basis. Uh, my favorite TV show is... Daily Dec- basis. Okay. Daily basis. Daily right. basis. Uh, favorite TV show is Dexter. Um, one of those shows I know a lot of people lost it towards the end i think it's one of the most well-written well-done shows one like i said when you go back and watch it time and time again you find new different layers of things that they did uh and and frankly that that pinnacle in season four with rita is is just one of the most shocking episodes and twists that you've ever seen dexter. so i'll i'll, I'll uh, that's for me the show i, I always it. want to go back to is dexter I mean, interesting number one. All right, Connor. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to go Breaking Bad for TV. It's just the best show ever made, in my opinion. It's perfect. It is perfect. I, I have watched... Hey, I broke my rule. I have watched that all the way through five or six times. Breaking Bad? Uh, yeah, broke okay. broke my rule. It's great. I you think broke it ends... bad for your... your I, I did, I did. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know what? For my movies, there's a lot... Movies, there's so many movies and shows, so I'm going to actually highlight one that... I don't know if it's my... I don't know. I had a hard time picking one singular favorite. So I I, want to highlight one that maybe is a little off the beaten path, but it's a fantastic movie. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Jim Carrey. It is fantastic. It is. It's right there. It's it's in the tier of favorite movies for me. I think it's a fantastic movie. It shows a different side of Jim Carrey than uh, people might have seen before. I love Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, I think, is one of my favorite actors. Oh, he's fantastic. Of all time, much less comedy actors. So... That's a good opportunity to talk about this show. This show is going to be some weeks we're going to talk specifically about actors, some weeks specifically about movies, genres, but the majority of this show is going to be going into detail about theories, 
about fan theories, about different ideas behind the scenes, whether it's actually proven or not. I mean, it's just going to explore different ideas behind what's actually going on. And so um, I think that hopefully every episode you'll learn something new or at least you'll learn a little bit more about what you already knew about something. So that's kind of the goal of this show. We'll talk about TV. We'll talk about streaming, movies, and of course, food. A lot of food talk on this show. So Before you get into the topic of today's show, can yes. I can, you say Jim Carrey? Can I share one thing about Jim Carrey real quick? Yes. All right. So Jim Carrey, of course, Dumb and Dumber uh, is, is a big role of his, was offered $350,000 to play the role of Lloyd Christmas. Okay? okay. He turned it down and said, no, I want 400000 The studio said, no, we're not doing it. Ace Ventura came out and blew up in the box office. Like, did absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. They come back and say, okay, 400. And he goes, no, 500. And, and they said, no. <laughs> the weeks go on. And Ace, the mask Ace, came Ace, out Ven- next. Ace Ventura continues to blow up. Okay, just continues to go bonkers. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you continue with this story, in 1994, which is when all this came out, three movies, I believe, came out in the same year. It was Ace Ventura, it was The Mask, and then Dumb and Dumber came out later that year, or Lizzie started later that year. Sure, true. Yeah. So, so, so The Mask came out, too. But yeah, correct. But I don't know. I don't know in terms of the timeline of this particular story when that happened. But so Ace Ventura is just continuing to blow up, and and now it's at five hundred thousand, right? And and they said no, we're not doing that. Well, it goes back and forth over the next few weeks, month, and they end up settling on seven million dollars, oh which which was forty four percent of the total <laughs> budget for Dumb and Dumber, forty four percent. And then of course it goes on to gross like two hundred and thirty million, wow. uh, four hundred and thirty million to date, something like that. So obviously a good deal for both sides. But I thought that was interesting. I saw that the other day, and I, I just I was fascinated. Like. It, it, you know, classic case of uh, just take the deal in the first place, save yourself money later, right? And uh, <laughs> Tyler, you are right. The mask came out in between those two, yeah, so the yeah. mask was right in that. In that uh, well, I've been watching a lot of Dumb and Dumber movies lately. We watched uh, The Mask, uh, Ace Ventura, all those recently. Awesome. I've been so, so sorry. I didn't want to throw a wrench into it, but you say Tom, uh, no, total or, wrench, no, yeah. absolute wrench. All right. Um, you know. So that pretty much. I mean, look, though, you'll get to know us just... as we do the show. I don't know if that was totally necessary, but let's move on to some content. <laughs> uh, the writer strike. So obviously, we're right in the middle of the writer strike. Uh, have you guys been watching this or paying attention to it or no? Are the other shows that you're watching affected? Like, let's say I have not. I, I didn't watch a lot of the new shows. I, I like to w- wait until a show is done through a season before I'm watching, so I'm not watching a lot of live. Uh, but for me, I, unfortunately for the writers, I don't know that I've necessarily noticed or seen a whole lot of difference Connor, in what's you going on. Not a bunch. Is this yeah. it, now, there's some shows that are now is the writer strike only affecting like the the guild like the I believe so is that it there's, so there's a ton there, there, uh, there was an article that I mean I, I I could pull it up right now but that's not really where I'm going with this but yeah my, I haven't followed too much really my my opinion on the writer strike just general very yeah. high level is it is a job that I don't want to diss it does take talent right a good writer is is a really big key part. But it's also a job that there's a lot of people out there that w- would really love an opportunity. And to be fair, I actually think could crush it if given the opportunity. I think that there are a lot of writers out there that are just waiting for their break. And if this is going to give them a break and they're going to be able to come in and, and show off what they can do, right. like I, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen. But unfortunately, I do think well, that they... I think there's a lot of writers out there that are average, and that's why they're writers. But there's also a ton of funny writers out there. I, I like to watch the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast, and they go in detail about the writing process and all this stuff. And they had a couple of their writers on, 
And I'll tell you what, they were pretty hilarious. I thought they were funny. And so it's like, and, and they came up with a lot of the funny ideas on the show. So I think it's, it's, it's hit and miss. But one of the talking points right now in Hollywood is the writer strike igniting more and more about artificial intelligence, AI getting involved due to the writer strike. So uh, this is a Caltech article that I saw, Caltech writing about AI. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, the, the headline is, writer strike igniting the conversation about Hollywood's use of artificial intelligence. In the article, it says, quote, while the use of data to help services, uh, services perfect some of their materials widely known, and then in parentheses it says, Netflix famously succeeded in creating a data-driven hit in its 2013 series House of Cards. That's pretty cool. That was data-driven, I guess, or at least the idea was. Uh, writers are pushing back against the increased tools like ChatGPT that uh, they see as a risk to the creative process and making sure it's used only as a tool to research or facilitate script ideas without leading to job loss or replacement. So I think they're trying to legislate not using Chad GPT into this. And I'm not sure how much luck they're going to have at all. Mm -hmm. These writers. Yeah, probably not much. No, 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 for sure. So what I did is I wanted to see if you guys can put, I'm going to put you in the shoes of some Hollywood executives. We'll see if you can tell the difference between an AI created script or a real movie that exists, okay? Okay, okay. I'm so very interested here. Yeah, this is an old uh, Woos Media uh, classic. By the way, this is a Woos Media podcast. For others, just type in Woos, W-O-O-Z-E, into uh, whatever you're listening to, and you'll find a list of our shows. Uh, so a, a classic game we like to play, Real or Fake. We do it on, on a whole bunch of different shows. This is simple, Real or Fake. So tell me, is this a real movie, or is it a fake movie from AI? Okay, uh, number one. The discovery of a severed human ear found in a field leads a young man on an investigation related to a beautiful, mysterious nightclub singer and a group of psychopathic criminals who have kidnapped her child. Real I'm going to say real because I feel like you're going to tell me the movie and I've seen it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go fake. That is a real movie. Blue Ooh. Velvet, 1986. No real stars at all. I didn't find anyone. Okay, definitely have not too. seen that movie, but it definitely sounds like a good one. That should get remade. Okay, uh, next. After a young boy floods an ant colony with his water gun, he's magically shrunken down to insect size and sentenced to hard labor in the ruins. Okay, it's gotta be fake. That's fake. Gotta be that fake. That is a real movie. Oh my god! Not only, not only is it a real oh, movie. Oh, it's, it's killing called, me. It's called Ant Bully. It came out in two thousand five. It's got it's a it's it's a it's an animated movie, but it's got Nick Cage, Paul Giamatti, Julia Roberts, Meryl Streep are all voices in it. I'm wow. like, yeah. Oh, and I didn't know a whole bunch about this movie either, but I was like, wow, okay, okay. I'm gonna have to watch Ant Bully. Bully. Uh -huh. Yeah, it sounds okay. interesting. Okay, next. In a world where technology enables individuals to manipulate time. A former covert operative must navigate a treacherous web of deceit, shifting alliances, and mind-bending realities as he uncovers a global conspiracy and races against the clock to, pre to prevent a catastrophic event that could alter the course of humanity okay. forever. Okay, so I'm going to say fake because the other two have been real. But you know what? That sounds like the best movie of all the three. <laughs> so I'm going to say fake because of the first word you said. In a world in where a world. that sounds like something GPT <laughs> would put out. Uh, you're in both correct. World. That is fake. In a world. All right, next. Uh, in New York City, best friends Tom and Mike accidentally discover they are highly intelligent chimpanzees after a mix-up at, at a genetics lab. As they navigate their newfound identities, they embark on a wild adventure to uncover the truth and embrace their inner primates. Oh. I'm what kind gonna, of movies are you throwing I'm gonna at I'm going to say real. Well, they're going to have to be... So I just took a drink. They're going to have to obviously be strange movies, right? 
<laughs> like, like I look, I didn't look up, you know. <laughs> I'm going to say real. Forrest Gump here. There are going to have to be movies mm. you guys haven't seen yet. That is a... Uh, I'm going to go fake. That is a uh, fake movie. That is AI all the way. All right, couple left here. When the best team in baseball inadvertently becomes sponsored by a group of aliens disguising themselves as enthusiastic fans, chaos ensues as the team must juggle their pursuit of a championship with keeping their Martian sponsors happy and out of trouble. Mm. That's definitely fake. Real or That fake. is the fake plot for Space Jam 3. <laughs> that is what's about to happen. Yeah, that's fake. Okay, next. In a hilariously absurd twist, a highly skilled clown is inadvertently assigned the task of assassinating Ronald McDonald. Oh, God. That has to be real just because it's so absurd. Yeah. There's no AI well, would make and, that and absurd. I think of wouldn't a- they push back on telling them that people have to get killed? You can't kill Ronald McDonald. This, this seems like something that Chat GPT is <laughs> yeah, like. Chat no, GPT is pulling no. this one out of his ass for <laughs> sure. You're going real? You're real. No, I'm, I'm saying, uh, yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah, real. I'm saying real, yes. That is indeed fake. Oh, wow. Oh, baby. So chat GPT is really but, but let me tell you something. Really tearing the it The first thing I prompted it to, to do was uh, a movie about a highly skilled clown that was assigned or uh, that was uh, going to assassinate Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And then oh. I, I raised Putin and said Ronald McDonald and it did it. Yeah, so, it doesn't let you do uh, like politicians and public figure. It doesn't uh, let you like talk like that for yeah. fear because of creating there, something that could actually. There's so much something. more important people than Ronald McDonald. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Let's just be honest <laughs> in the value that Ronald McDonald has brought to our country compared to a lot of other people. I'm just saying. I think Ronald McDonald belongs on that list for uh, ChatGPT. All right, last one here. A homicidal turkey chases down and murders a topless pilgrim during the very first Thanksgiving. In present day, the same turkey is still at it, and in this film, stalks and axes college kids during a Thanksgiving break. That's real. That's real. That's that. that, that you, is, you brought this movie yeah, up before. Yeah, you guys know me too well. That is <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorite holiday classics, you know? Yeah. The, uh, one of Miracle on 34th Street, Vegas, or uh, Christmas Vacation, Thanksgiving. You know, yeah, I'm just filling the blank. Seems right in the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, AI, there you go. You guys did pretty well. I'll say you had a pass success rate to be hired in Hollywood to uh, to see if AI was writing scripts or not. I will also agree with what Connor said along the way. I think some of the AI ones were the best one, best ideas out there. AI gets really crazy with it. It gets real creative. Mm. Um, Have you guys ran into that, uh, like listening to your podcast, whatever, where uh, all of a sudden you reach an advertisement and it says, this advertisement was written by ChatGPT. No, have you no, ran into it? No. So it's actually, I, I ran into it like on three or four different wow, podcasts. So you have to say that now? I, I have no idea if they have to say it or what they're oh. doing. But yeah, they, they literally say the following was written by ChatGPT. Well, let me tell you, I used to work in radio and that's a good thing that's happening because what you'll find is radio commercials start to sound the exact same at every station. You know, like every person, every company that comes on, they're always <laughs> the, you know, the biggest one-stop shop where you can find this and that. They all start to sign the exact... So that's good to incorporate, I think, AI with that stuff. I use ChatGPT all the time. Yeah. No, uh, it's, all I, I do too. the time. Best AI movies. I'm going to go my top three movies. Let me let me know uh, what you think I left out here. Number three, Bicentennial Man, uh, Robin Williams. Number two, Ex Machina. I thought that was one of the best ones. So, so cool. And then number one, not a lot of people put this like in the AI section, but... Uh, it's sort of an AI idea, an AI idea, Minority Report, you know, and that's more hmm. humans who do sort of a thing. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna still put it in that category. Minority Report, I think, is a really underrated movie. Um, so I'm gonna put that in AI. So what well, once you guys think I left out? Now the one that I was debating was iRobot. 
And you know what? I think I didn't. I think I'm still upset at Will Smith for slapping, <laughs> <laughs> slapping Chris Rock. Yeah, I guess he it's deserves funny. that. Like, I, I don't but, pick his movies when it's between the, you know two movies: a Will Smith movie and an Will Smith movie. I'm like, do we do we go Men in Black or do we go, you know, whatever Harry Potter tonight? It's like, yeah, let's go Harry Potter. So, yeah, so maybe I, I left iRobot off there for because I'm still. Hey, hey he's, he's he brought little, that on now, himself it, there, right? Yeah. Now, if you're gonna go with. Uh, if you're gonna bend it and put Minority Report, I'm bending in it, it like Beckham. With then Minority I'm gonna Report. bend it and say <laughs> that you left off the Matrix trilogy. Off yeah, 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 Matrix, Matrix sure. Terminator. Yeah. What about the Terminator, Terminator series? That that to me should be number one. Okay, well I maybe mean, number three is up for debate. But Ex Machina, have you guys seen that? No. Okay, well you got to watch it before okay. you're you're no, putting other I, stuff I, because I it's it's really really cool. Uh, I'm not gonna ruin any of it. You gotta go in fresh. Now, now, if we're talking uh, TV on there too, I put Westworld season one. See, gotta be right I love, there. I, you know what I love one, about Westworld? That piano song. Yeah, yeah. that's what I love. It's a fantastic about. intro. Oh, good intro. What good about Wally? Intro. You're forgetting Wally over oh, here. Oh, just wait. We're gonna talk. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk some Wally here in a few weeks. Okay. Oh, I All can't right. wait to talk some Wally. So that, that's what I got for for my AI uh, AI movies. I like it. Okay. Uh, before we get out of here today, let's. Uh, this isn't necessarily AI. But it's time travel. And this is going to get us into next week's show, our next show that we're doing, which is all going to be about time travel. And it's a bit of a twist because I think a lot of you out there thought that the Titanic, the movie Titanic with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Leo, and uh, uh, who else? Kate uh, Winslet, is it? I think yeah, so. that yeah. sounds about right. And, and uh, Kathy Bates. Ooh. Isn't Kathy Bates in there? Oh, yeah. Um, She's the uh, unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh-huh. Boom. Okay, yeah. so... It's actually a movie about a time traveler. Jack Dawson, Leonardo DiCaprio, is a time traveler. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a theory. I believe it was started by Mark Harris, 1989, on Reddit about 11 years ago, except Mark Harris claims that it came from other tropes. So the the origin, I couldn't find the exact origin of this. I wish I could give credit, but the best I could do is Mark Harris, 1989. Uh, I've also seen a good uh, YouTube, The Film Theorists, or film theory, something like that, film theorists, they do a good job with this too. So here's the idea. And let me know if you guys have questions, if you want to jump in, because my goal is to convince you that this is it. And I think that, again, you guys both know me well. I've I've talked to you about this a little bit in the past, but we're going to go into some detail here. All right. Jack Dawson, Leo, Leo, travels in time to ensure Rose doesn't jump off the side of the Titanic. So he has to make sure that that, that the ship sinks. That's the whole point. Jack's got to make sure the ship, the ship sinks. Why? It's because in this timeline, in this alternate timeline thought up by James Cameron, where the Titanic would not have sank, what happens is the Titanic becomes a main vessel of transportation. It goes back and forth between the UK and the US until in 1915, on the exact route taken from the UK to the USA, that the RMS Lusitania was taking... Instead of the RMS Lusitania, it's a Titanic that gets shot down by a German U-boat. Or I think it was a German submarine. So that happened in real life. Like, James Cameron's idea here came from a historical event. If the RMS Lusitania didn't blow up or you know, wasn't attacked in 1915, which was a British ocean liner, by the way, but that happened in real life. So, so that's like an actual event that happened. So according to James Cameron, instead of that, the Titanic blows up which was a U.S. ship, so that would have drugged the U.S. into World War One a lot earlier than they were ready for. Are you following it, me so far, Jared? It, it seems like a reach, but I, I, I follow the logic to it, but it, it, it certainly seems what's like a, a reach, about it? A like, reach like, of a connection in, in, in the idea that 
this is a time travel movie. He's a time traveler based on the fact that well, first theoretically, of all, this is like my first point. I'm just getting into it, so, <laughs> so I don't think you're giving me enough credit here. But I'm just theoretically, following theoretically, me theoretically, is, yeah. that 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 ship would be in that space at that time is a pretty long like the the it's not a foregone conclusion that that ship would be at that place at that time. Wrong. Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Here's why you're wrong. In 1915, if that would have happened, that would have been three years after the initial voyage of the Titanic, okay? Obviously, I was 1912. So after that much time, it's the same path from the UK to, uh, uh, I think it was New York they're going to over and over. And it's well known that in 1915, Germany was, now we know this, after the fact, that Germany had those waters flooded with, with submarines. So it's very plausible uh, he's not saying that it's would have happened for sure. It's plausible. He knew. He knew, we know a couple of things it, historically. It could. Those have waters happened. were flooded with yeah with German submarines. They were looking to attack U.S. and and uh, and British ocean liners, and they would have been traveling on the same path that the Lusitania was traveling. Those are three certainties that we know historically. So in James Cameron's alternate universe, he's saying okay, if Rose jumps off. That doesn't happen because it doesn't sink. Now, here's why Rose jumping off matters. It's standard protocol that when anyone abandons ship or, or anyone jumps off a ship, whether it's on purpose or not, you stop immediately. This was protocol in 1912. I forget what it's called. There's a term for it. And you perform a U-turn, and it's immediate search and rescue. Immediate. So what would have happened is the Titanic would have immediately done this because she was with Cal, one of the most you know, powerful and famous people on that on that on that ship and so they would have noticed within likely 10 20 if not 30 minutes right and they would have performed this u-turn maneuver looked for her whether they were successful or not finding rose that doesn't matter because icebergs travel fast enough to have moved away by about a half mile at that point i mean the timing was incredible for this to happen so the iceberg would have moved the titanic having performed the u-turn whether they find rose or not continues on their path misses it and the rest is inevitable. Then, like I said, it blows up and it gets attacked. Well, can I, I have a question here. Yes. Are you saying that in Leonardo DiCaprio's, yeah. uh, <laughs> in Leo's timeline, right? Yes. Like, let's say modern day future Leo, right? Yes. Which, which, in his I, world, which I believe to be based on my home, my theory is 1939. I think that's when he came back from. Okay, because that so, would have been the perfect time during the wars where were the where we would have seen the tragic devastation that would have caused on yes. the U.S. lives and all. So besides that. the fact that time travel didn't exist in 1939, again in, uh, in this, okay. but you guys have in to this work. universe. Okay, but, yeah, but yeah, okay. Here's yeah, my question, all, though. Yeah. Okay, here's my question. Yeah. In his timeline, in 1939, whenever did the Titanic sink or did it not sink? No, no, it did not sink initially. So in 1912 with the Titanic, it did not sink, but it did in 1915. That's the whole thing. So in this timeline, in Leo's like current timeline, it didn't sink initially. It did get shot down in 1915, and they were able to see the consequences of the U.S. getting drugged into the war. Therefore, they go back. They say, okay, we know the Titanic sank. That's what drug the U.S. into the war. Let's go back to the Titanic's maiden voyage and make sure it sinks then, right? So it was a, a series of trial and errors going back, making sure it sinks then, so it sank later on in 1915, not in 1912. Connor, I, I think that where you're going, though, is why does it matter if it sinks now or sinks then, if it's still saving lives, and that's the point, right? But it's was that your question or not? Because I can answer that, too, because that may be some people's questions. No, because I think that's a good have, point. You can answer that, but, but that's not what I was just it's asking, because, like, if, if, why he would go back... 
it, it, but I guess you answered it. You answered what I was saying. Okay. So uh, to answer the other question, it matters because if the Titanic sinks instead of the RMS Lusitania, the RMS Lusitania was a British ship. The Titanic's a U.S. ship. Gotcha. The U.S. would have likely got drug into the okay. war long before they were ready so, for it. Now, let's go over some I'll quick I'll give you the plausibility numbers. of that, and we can move yeah, on. Well, yeah, I just want to prove that with some numbers real quick to go in detail with this, because this is a, you know, and then we'll wrap this up, but um, in 1915, when uh, the U.S., or w- when that happened, Lusitania got hit, the U.S. Army was about 120,000 soldiers. Like, this, this huge superpower that we think of did not exist. That existed because over the next couple of years, the U.S. enacted the Preparedness Act. Okay. What they did in those times, uh, during those couple of years, 600,000 people plus were enlisted every year. So by the end of the war, 4 million Americans in, in, in actual history, in real history, 4 million Americans, or I think it's, it's just about 3 million Americans fought in that war. And the numbers were actually pretty, you know, I mean, it's look, war is horrible and it's never good, but, but you compare it to other wars, the USA entered at the right time and did a very strategic thing. But if the Titanic sinks, the U.S. gets drugged into a war they're not ready to, and millions, possibly millions of U.S. lives are, 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 are you know, saved by going back in time. And so that's, it, it's saving millions of lives in, that, you, that you, specifically the U.S. soldiers, but other allied soldiers would have lost in World War I, and almost sacrificing the Titanic in this idea so that's what the whole thing's about that's why it exists and, and that's why i think that 1939 and i'll give you some more reasons why i think that that's the perfect time to where everything to have gone horribly wrong you know com- communism just taking over the world it, it, everything is terrible and that's where they have to go back and 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 this is the first time it happens right and, the fir- and, and, in, in, in this time travel theory the first time it happens is the same time it has to happen every time that's what happened to harry potter that's what happened here the so i'm gonna go i was gonna throw actually happens. a wrinkle into this and say i could see this more along the lines of like the back to the future where within this timeline this is how it happened but once you go back and change things whether you do or don't succeed impacts could be what is the next timeline could you could ruin what was the original timeline and then now you've created different timelines and that's something again if i'm buying no, into no, totally. this look you're starting to sell me on no, it good. though <laughs> and, and you're right that could be the case with that right that, that that's debatable maybe we'll talk more about that on the on the next show but that's the idea you're saving millions of lives by making sure Rose doesn't jump and making sure that the, the Titanic sinks. Okay, now, let me so give you some so more bullet points. The, okay. Let me give you some more bullet points. Yeah, give, yeah. Me to, give me to some of the movie stuff because okay. it's great that you paint a picture as to how it could be a plausible thing, but I still don't see it in the movie. Okay. I'm just in not the seeing movie. it. Uh, Jack, everything is perfect. No records of him ever existing after the fact. Now, they could find records of everybody... Uh, remember, he won his ticket in a poker game, so that's why his records wasn't weren't on the ship, and 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 they couldn't find him. But they couldn't find any any records of him, you know, previous to that or anything. Okay, so there was no no record of him. Um, James Cameron has stressed how he, he combed through this in interviews. He talked about this, and this is public out there. You can watch. James Cameron has stressed how he combed through this movie to ensure it was as accurate as possible where he wanted it to be accurate. He'll say in a lot of articles, he's like, no, this wasn't accurate, but I didn't want that to be accurate. You know, Steven Spielberg knew that the the the, the dinosaurs in in uh, Lost uh, World or Lost, yeah, Jurassic Park, uh, they didn't look like real dinosaurs. Look, but he didn't care. Those were Steven Spielberg dinosaurs. These are James Cameron twists, but he wanted to be very careful about that. He wanted to be historically accurate. And that means 
what they were wearing, what they talked about, all those little things in the movie, he combed over very carefully. So I don't think that it's a mistake that Jack, when he's talking to Rose, referenced a lake that he went to with his father that was a man-made lake built in 1915, which was three years after he was having that conversation on the, on the Titanic. He also referenced a roller coaster on Santa Monica Pier that wasn't built till 1916. And both those phrase, both those uh, things he said, in my opinion, he phrased both as if it were coming from the, vo- the viewpoint of a child. When I was a kid, we did this. When I was younger, we did this. The lake with my dad, the, the so roller coaster. One of the things Monica I'd Pier. be very curious to know, and I don't know that you would ever actually find this out, is I want to know what was actually in the script. Is this potentially an actor who, in Leonardo DiCaprio, that brings in a little bit of improv into this scene right. and throws in a couple of things that maybe aren't totally accurate, but nails the scene and no. he decides to keep it in there? I would like to know that too, but my guess would be it's right on because that would go better with my theory. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and again, you'll never know because you're never going to get right. that original script okay. to know what was in it. Now, here's where we get to the 1939 thing. So he had a rucksack at one point in the movie. And this rucksack was made in 1939. And I think if you're going to send a time traveler back, you're going to give him the most up to the di- up to date, like r- like new stuff. You know, you're not going to give a time traveler. I so, saw. So I, that's why I think that it was new or likely new. See, I, I think, think you're going to give then. a time traveler the. I think you're going to be way more accurate than James Cameron's going to be. You know what? Making sure that they're exactly fitting in because... No, that's actually a good point, Connor, and I didn't go there before, but I think Connor's actually getting onto something better that may expand my theory. Because, again, this is a theory from other people that I'm sort of building, a, tweaking a little bit myself. I like that because, let's say he's way from the future, but they gave him a, a, a rucksack that, that they thought was from that time or you know maybe they just messed up. They messed up. Maybe the time travel people who sent him back messed up, gave him a, a, a backpack that wasn't made in time. Maybe. I, I think that's better than... <laughs> either you, either that or you got a costume designer that James Cameron finally wanted to shut up, so he told her that's fine. That's fine. Just that's give good. him that. I don't I care. I honestly think, though, that, that this was all put in there by James Cameron. We can debate all this other stuff, but I think that he knew exactly what he was doing. And also, Connor, everything is perfectly coincidental. Okay, he happens to win, and I think it all starts at the very first scene. It's or, a or movie. Least, it's supposed to be perfectly coincidental. I think it all happens in the very <laughs> first scene that we see Leo. What's he doing? He's playing poker. That's where he wins the ticket. What, what do they say about that poker game? How lucky he was. How did you know I had that? How did you know? How is he supposed to know if he's not a time? So, so hey, they set it up right there, okay? Okay. By the way, ensuring his anonymity. So winning the ticket, ensuring his name, everything is setting up perfect. He happens to show up exactly when Rose jumps. This is not a coincidence. And then again, he happens to disappear into thin air after the fact. And Mm. at the end, it's pointless to have the conversation if he could have fit on the door. That's what everyone talks about. Could he fit on the door? It's pointless because he didn't want to fit on the door. He had to die. He wanted to die. But why would he have to it. die? Why could, why could that's he, as how a time traveler? Ends. That's how the loop ends. But why does it have to end that way? Why, if he knows it's coming, why couldn't he just do the, his job? Because in real life, he died. But because the first time through, he died. And that's how he ensures he's going to live in the future. Mm, so, he's, so he's incapable of doing anything he ha- different. Exactly. He well, has to this, die. And this is where you start getting down the wormhole that is time travel. Because right, if he has his whole life and existence in that time, then does he actually exist in the future when he's supposed no, well, to? And it gets weird. All right. Now, Tyler here. So, so you talk about these uh, you know, details and accuracies. James Cameron... How am I supposed to like say that, okay, his rucksack being like 20 years off 
is an intentional ploy at time travel, but the fact that all the characters are smoking filtered cigarettes, which weren't invented till the 30s, every character in the whole thing is, is smoking filtered cigarettes. And, and I'm going to say, oh, well, that's just an oversight by James Cameron. Like, you're not selling me on that here. All right? I'm telling you. Well, I mean, <laughs> there are inaccuracies in every movie, including James Cameron movies. Okay, look, I just know one thing. Have you guys heard the James Cameron uh, South Park song? No. No. Oh yes, I have. Yeah, when he's his when he's raising lowering the bar. Cameron, <laughs> greatest pioneer. Yeah, that's the one. You, you got to look it up. I don't think we can play much of it, but I do like this after the fact. How you saved us all? How you raised the bar? How will they know what a hero you are? James Cameron doesn't do what James Cameron does for James Cameron. James Cameron does what James Cameron does because James Cameron is James Cameron. That's one of the South Park episodes. It's hysterical. You got to go watch it. Do we know the the name of it? Can we look it up? Of that, yeah. Ooh. The name of the uh, just type just yeah. type in James Cameron South Park episode. Jared's I think it's called it. Raising the Bar. If I, 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 I guess I, the the oh uh, the, the bar. It, it, let's see what's it called. Why we can't put Jared on the Googling? Jared is the old man here. Jared <laughs> can't be on the. Jared probably uses Ask Jeeves still. Is that not what what you? It is raising the bar. Right, uh, the first hey, no, thing that popped up is let me let me guess episode and season. So. <laughs> We're gonna go season. I uh, was gonna go. I was gonna go fourteen, but let's go twelve. God, is that even? Where? You are way off. No way. Way off. Connor, you want to give a guess? Are you looking? It's got to it right be newer now? then, right? I, I know yeah, that's newer. I, I think of it as one of the good. I see. It's, okay, uh, no, 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 no. Is it, it was like, two thousand and twelve, like, and maybe that's where you're getting twelve. No, in no, no, there. no. The twelve was a total. Yeah, twelve is is old school. What is it? Sixteen. Oh, that's not that far off. But 12 is probably the last season that I would say the chunk of the South Park episodes are classic, rememberable, you know, very good, memorable, rememberable, mem- uh, memorable. <laughs> now, now it's we- been a long episode. It's been a long day. We need to wrap this up and get to get to whatever we're doing. So, uh, or, look, did I convince you guys? Or, you Absolutely know, not. Time Me personally, no. I mean, no. Look, I, I will give you the plausibility of it. I like it. James Cameron does a lot of sci-fi stuff. It would not surprise me if he threw some things in there, but... There is no, nothing convincing about your <laughs> argument whatsoever. All right, well, Maybe hopefully it's different for you out there. We'll talk to you next time on Screen Snacks.